0: There's really no way to overstate the power of grief. When someone you love passes away, you always wish that maybe you had more time with them. Almost 10 million people die from cancer every single year. That's according to our world and data. Longtime fans of my show, you know that a few years ago, my mother was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and I'll tell you, those years were so difficult. The shock. I mean, she fell, and I thought, well, maybe she broke her hip. The doctor said her hip would heal, but not her cancer, I was thinking. What did you just say? Yes, stage four pancreatic cancer. The Mayo Clinic told me to have her complete her bucket list as soon as she could because she probably only had three months to live. Well, I didn't want to buy that, so I packed her up and I took her to MD Anderson in Houston. And today, three and a half years later, she is, knock on wood, uh, cancer free. That's right, she's a stage four pancreatic cancer survivor. And time is what she wanted, and I wanted more time with her. And on the other side of the coin, When you're diagnosed with a terminal illness, you wish that you could have more time. But luckily, there is a way that you can give your family a lasting memory of you using technology so that future generations can get a look into who you are in a way that you never would have been able to do before. Now, this whole idea came into focus when I received a call on my national radio show from Charles in South Carolina. He called me a few weeks ago with a story that just broke my heart. He's going through something that no parent should ever have to go through. Well, let me give you some background. Charles is a happily married father with a young son. He's only four, almost five years old. It's such a great age. I remember when Ian was learning his ABCs. Boy, he was a car guy then. And so he'd say, A is for Audi, B is for BMW, C is for Chevy, and D is for Dodge. And when he couldn't come up with, like, M, he'd say, instead of Mazda, it'd be Muffler. It was really funny. And when your child is that young, I don't know about you, but I couldn't wait to watch him grow up. And as he got older, I really learned to love and appreciate his whole personality. It's because their whole lives are ahead of them. Well, unfortunately, Charles got some really grim news from his doctor. He's only 46 years old. He has prostate cancer, and his doctor says he only has about maybe two years to live. And he wants to leave a digital legacy for his son to remember him by. Now, he has a smartphone and a PC, but he really had no idea how to start the whole process. I think he was a little shell-shocked, too. It's a really hard situation, obviously. How do you condense your personality, your life, into just a few videos? How do you make sure that you're giving your child everything that they need to know and remember you by it? Then, how do you figure out the whole technical side of it? Well, in this podcast, we're gonna talk about how we worked with Charles to help him leave behind something lasting. This is important information because according to the American Cancer Society, one in three people will have cancer at some point in their lives. So this may affect you or someone who you know. And when sickness limits your lifespan, you need to act now before you're too sick to move or to speak. And today we're gonna dive into this topic. I know it's hard, it's a tough one, but I'm gonna give you the guide to leaving a digital legacy for your loved ones. You don't have to just leave behind some photos. I want you to record yourself so your loved ones remember who you truly were. There are so many resources you probably need to know about. For example, did you know that some companies will actually walk you through the process of leaving behind these meaningful videos? That's right. They can teach you how to immortalize your wisdom through film. We're going to speak to a professional who has helped about 200 people to do precisely this. And by the time this podcast is done, you'll have a rock-solid plan in case of catastrophe. You're going to learn how to take action instead of succumbing to despair, which is understandable. This is a very, very hard time. It's a heavy diagnosis. But you can bring light into the situation through the future of the people who you really care about. So stick around. We've got a lot of great tips to help you get this done. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. Now, people in the past didn't have the options that we have today. If they wanted their kids to remember them, well, they left behind some photos, maybe some letters or diaries. Some people made grainy homemade videos filmed on an old VHS camera. Now with digital cameras, cloud storage, smartphones, and tons of other things, and even companies that want to help you out, we have more options than ever before. So when Charles called my show asking for advice, I really made it my mission to teach him about all the resources at his disposal. You're going to learn about those today, but I just realized that I've actually spoken about Charles a lot, but I haven't really introduced you to him. So here's the story of his life in his own words.
1: Uh, My name is Charles Coleridge Lake. I was born in Dearborn right outside uh, Detroit in uh, the, the mid 70s. And I, I grew up in uh, right outside Detroit. Uh, I was kind of raised by my, my mother and my grandma, and I had two sisters. Essentially, my old man left when I was two, so I, he wasn't in my life at all. But, you know, we were in a neighborhood called Allen Park, and, and you know, we had kind of a group of kids there. Now, my, my oldest sister was, was, you know, six years older than me, so hanging out with those friends was, was way cool. just kind of the standard 70s and 80s things that kids did, you know, play tennis and tag and um, just, just kind of normal stuff, I guess, for that time. I was actually kind of a, a, a drama nerd. Uh, I, I acted uh, on, for, for high school p- plays. Uh, I was an employee at the Renaissance Festival uh, up in Michigan. And, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, musicals and that type of thing. I mean, I, it's not that I was opposed to sports. That's just kind of the direction I went. After high school, because I went to high school on the other side of the state, but I moved back to the Detroit area, and uh, I got into law enforcement, actually. I, I worked uh, as an Inkster Auxiliary Police Officer. Had a lot of fun with that, and uh, well, I say fun, but I was a young, young, young guy who was who was having fun with it, I guess. But uh, and that's what kind of led me to what my current career is—is is, is
0: in loss prevention, like retail loss prevention. Over 20 years, 24 years. We just had to get to know Charles a little better, so I asked Mike James, my right-hand man,
2: to give him a call. So, when did you first? think that there might be something wrong.
1: My uh, doctor actually called me and I had to get just like, well, I would, I would hope everybody gets uh, like these six month screenings. I have to go in every six months and I'm on some, you know, some other medicines and uh, he wants to check me, keep me posted. But he called me and said my PSA, uh, which is a measurement that they kind of use that is detect. Um, uh, prostate cancer was 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 pretty high. So I either had a prostate infection or um it could be something more serious. And that's when he directed me
2: to the proctologist. Okay. And so what did the proctologist say?
1: The proctologist checked and uh I did not have a bladder infection. And at that point I started my 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 road to where you get a biopsy and the yes, you did, uh do have cancer is, is what i what i found out it's that was uh, september of
2: 2019 how did he tell you Did he, he this was a phone call or oh uh, no
1: no they i kind of wish it was but because uh, because I, I i got real nervous obviously um but no when, uh, my wife and i went into the office and uh he the way he laid it out was was this is the the, the pathologist. He was actually pretty cool about it. He's straightforward. Uh, he says, "You, you know, you, you're a, a Gleason score of nine out of ten, which means it's a very aggressive cancer." He says, "However, prostate cancer is one of the more treatable cancers." So, um, it was it was a shock, obviously. But then, you know, he kind of brought us down a little bit easy, when he said, oh, it's, "It's pretty pretty
2: treatable." All right, so you're feeling better, and then do you then go to another specialist?
1: Uh, at that point, he recommended I get what's called a radical prosectomy, where they take the prostate out because my it was so aggressive. Um, I did a little research, um, and then my company actually has a program called, uh, I think it's Grand Rounds, where you, you send out your medical information or they get your medical information, and they have an expert just from another part of the country look at it. And he agreed that that was the best route to go was the prosectomy. I had that done and I had that done in December of 2019. And after, uh, it took me a a few months to recover. And then, uh, I was supposed to start radiation in February of 2020. Uh Um, the prosectomy in 2019 and, in December and I was supposed to start radiation in February. Um, however this whole COVID thing hit and they pretty much shut down the hospitals. Um, so I started my radiation actually in September and I went through my, my radiation. And unfortunately, uh, after the radiation, there was still, uh, some traces of cancer somewhere. Um, so after 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 I went and got a bone scan, that's that's when they found out that it was it was what they told me was it was basically uh,
2: terminal because it was in the bones. So let's go back for a second, or at least sure. now look back for a second. We're supposed to start radiation in February. COVID happens. You didn't get radiation till September. Do you think that might have made a difference?
1: I don't know. Um. And the most frustrating part is there's just nothing I can do about it anyway. That That is very frustrating, but I don't know. I would hope so, because when they tell you you have a very aggressive cancer, you want to get things done immediately. But apparently that was not a priority in February. Sorry, I don't mean to sound bitter. <laughs> yeah, No, no, I get it.
2: So September, then you get the diagnosis. How was your wife through all this?
1: Uh, rock solid. Um, she is. She's great, and she she um, we we're both handling it surprisingly well. Um, but she, I break down every once in a while, and she is just there for me to tell me we're going to work through this. So that's what we're doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you were on the air with Kim, uh, I was just struck by how kind of almost matter of fact this is. Do you think there's a portion of you that's kind of in denial? Uh,
1: I don't believe so. Um, I, I, I'm taking it one day at a time. However, um, I if, if I bring myself to a point where I'm like, woe is me, and I'm walking around, I'm in like this dark place, that doesn't do anybody any good. So, I'm just trying to stay positive, which is funny because I'm not that you know I'm not like this super happy go lucky person I'm not <laughs> but as far as this prognosis goes, I'm just trying to stay uh stay positive um in fact, the last scan I got um it had not progressed anymore, so that's good it's still there, but it hasn't progressed so that's that's good news. <laughs>
2: what do you have a lifestyle that i don't know if the doctors tell you do you have a lifestyle or do you, your eating habits cause this or what causes this they're not sure
1: they're not sure um it's becoming more common now is what they tell me in younger men cuz usually uh it's people for men they they usually don't even start screening until you're 50 um but they're, they're not really entirely sure. So they're kind of, they're taking all sides. They're looking at genetics and all that, because obviously I have a son mm-hmm. and you know, we need to be aware. He needs to be aware in the future of what's going on. He doesn't know about any of this right now, but um, you know, and hopefully in, in several years they'll, they'll know why, but mm-hmm. my, my father, my father didn't live past 42, I believe. Um, so, we're not sure if he would have got it or not.
2: Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so back to September of 2020. Uh, again, you get the diagnosis. They you, they brought you into the office. You and your wife. They sit you down, and they say, "We probably
1: don't want to start a chemo process because a chemo process um, is, is is very hard on the body." he said, uh, <clears throat> the best thing that he thinks we should do, uh, which is what I'm continuing now is, is it's a combination of hormone therapy and, um, some medication. Uh, and that's, that's no cupcake walk either. I'll tell you. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 uh, but anyway, um, and he's a very, this, my current doc. he's very straightforward. And I said, what I really would like to know is in your opinion, how long do you think i have he's like well with the nature of the cancer probably i would say 2 to 3 years and we just kind of sat there for a second and, okay so where do we go from here and
2: that's but again that's that's where we're at so i get it it's tough so what about um Talk to me about your religion either before or after or since has it changed and what do you think's going to happen? My I'm I'm
1: I'm a spiritual person. I would consider myself Christian, but I don't I don't go to church. My wife, however, is much more religious than I am. Um and there's an outpouring of I get prayer cards from her church. Um I, I've got a uh, family in this area and I know they've, they've all got my back and, and um, it's been great. Um, I hope that I've been good enough to, to get past the pearly gates. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been try, try to be a good person and try to live a good life. Um, and uh, you know, I, I've been thinking a little bit more religiously. Um, I've been reading the Bible on my own, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it definitely brings you at least it bring brings me a little bit more to the, Hey, this is not something you can take care of later. You really
2: need to look into this now. So, uh, so, uh, and so that's, you know, kind of what we're working on uh, through the show, through Kim, have you thought about some of the things now that you want to, you know, tell him or say, or.
1: Yeah. Um, I made my first video and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I basically this was the the video where I say uh, I might be gone, but, because, but it's not because I wanted to leave. It's because it was time for me to leave. And I'm still gonna be here for you, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like too much of a bummer, but on the other hand, uh, cause you know, I don't know if he's gonna be watching this when he's five or when he's six or I don't know, when he's twelve. But um it might not be the first video he watches, uh, you know, depending on, you know, how things go. But uh yeah, and, and my conversation was, with Kim was it was great because I was thinking about like changing a tire or you know, oil check or how to change it, a headlight. And she's like, yeah, but you can find all that on YouTube. Right. So, uh, and you can, I mean, I, I've, I've found plenty of you on YouTube. So I'm starting to look at um, a lot of the suggestions community has and what she said, you know, funny stories and, you know, my background and stories about the family. And yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. I will say that, but um, I, I'm going to start working on that structure.
2: What made you call a national radio show? Kind of, it's it seems like you have to trust somebody pretty much like him to do to reach out like that.
1: I have been listening to Kim for years, and it's kind of off and on because it's it's on at different times in my location. Um, but I had reached out to a couple of Facebook groups that I belong to. Um, one is like a dads group, and the other one's like a. Savage Gentleman group. And in any case, um, I asked them what they would do and just kind of laid out my quick situation, you know, and I got a lot of good suggestions from that too. Um, so I I started writing down some of those things. I got, I got a journal. Um, but I, I, I don't know as tech savvy as I am. I'm not a videographer. I know nothing about editing, uh, So I thought I would call Kim and get her suggestions.
2: Well, we're really, really glad you did because it's made a difference. It's made a difference to our listeners for sure.
1: And I tell everybody uh, at at work, if if you have short-term disability, you know, pay for it uh, if you're able to, uh, pay for your long-term disability, max out your life insurance. You never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, but definitely, you know, just from my situation and I know a lot of guys at work that did. they went and got their PSA test and, and thankfully everybody else was good, but they were like, Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, it starts with a PSA test. Uh, as far as, as far as the, uh, prostate cancer goes starts with the PSA test, but um, the, the the only other advice I would say is, I mean, if you get news like I got, uh, woe is me is not going to help. What is going to help is try to stay positive, and it's, you can't do it all the time. I mean, it's impossible to do it all the time, but try and stay positive and understand that there's a lot of things that can happen. There could be a trial that comes along that I'm eligible for or uh, miracles happen.
0: A sickness can destroy your hopes and dreams for the future. Like Charles, many of us try to look on the bright side and enjoy the time that we have left. It's actually had a huge impact on my life. Longtime listeners, you know this, but here's some background. I've had four family members die of cancer. When my mom was diagnosed, I'll tell you, I just dove into it headfirst. I mean, there were times when people would walk into my office in the studios and Mike or Kip or whoever and I would just be crying at my desk. It was really really hard on her and it was hard on me. I am her primary caregiver. I still am today. She's lived with me for over 25 years and I learned all I could about cancer including the latest treatments and how to read a PET scan, a CT scan, the shock, the chemo on my mother, losing her hair, wanting to give up, then after she had this 13-hour Whipple surgery, they left her with an ostomy bag. And she looked at me and she said, I don't know how I'm going to live with this. And fortunately, they were able to reverse that. Boy, she hated that bag. But all is well now. And I've said so many prayers. I took her to healing masses. And every morning, I say the Hail Mary, thanking for yet another day with my mom. And I want to share with you some of the warning signs of prostate cancer. This is the cancer that Charles has. It's notoriously hard to diagnose. It grows more slowly than other types of cancer. And one of the biggest risks is age. It's most common among men who are 65 years and older. Now, remember, Charles is 46. There are usually no symptoms in the early stages. You may only see signs once it's advanced. And over time, Maybe you have trouble relieving yourself. If your stream is weak or painful, that's a red flag. If you need to use the restroom more often than usual, that could be a sign, especially if you get these urges at night. If there's blood in your urine or semen, you need to head to your doctor like now. Some other signs are sudden weight loss, bone pain, erectile dysfunction. There would also pain on your back, your hip, your lower pelvis. If any of this rings a bell, I encourage you to go see your doctor. Remember, it's always to be safe and sorry. Well, coming up, you're going to learn even more tips on how to navigate a cancer diagnosis. As I said earlier, there are a lot of tools you can choose from, and you're going to learn exactly what those are and what you can do. So stick around. We have some life-changing information coming your way that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, let's get right into it. After Charles got the news, no one ever wants to get from their doctor. He took action. He looked at his phone and his computer only to realize that he really didn't know where to start. So he went looking for help. And I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed that he thought of me. And here's his call into my show in case you missed it. How about we get this hour started with Charles in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi there, Charles. Hi, Kim. Uh, Pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you for your call. What's going on? Well, um, I'm
1: uh, give you a tiny bit of background. I'm I'm 45, but I was diagnosed with pr- uh, prostate cancer when I was 43. Um, we did everything we could, but they they give me about two years left, is what they say. So, which I mean, that's I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to keep a sense of humor about it, but. Um, I've got a four-year-old son, and I wanted to start making videos for him. Uh, I'm not sure how often I'm going to do it, but just kind of after I'm gone, I want him to go back and be able to say, you know, like for a 16th birthday or, you know, just general advice. Um, I'm pretty tech savvy, but I, I don't know anything about videography or editing or anything like that. I'm a PC guy. So I was wondering uh, what you would recommend as far as equipment and software.
0: First of all, I'm honored that you called me for help. And Absolutely, I want and I want to be with you for as long as you need my help. Mm-hmm. So, aside from this phone call, if you are running into issues it, along the way, I want you to know that you can depend on me and our staff to to come in and help troubleshoot on whatever issues you may be having. Okay. I appreciate that. I really do be- because it's it's very important that you do this. Very, very important. I don't need to tell you that, uh, right? Yeah, and, and I have. I don't know if, as a regular listener, show. I mean, I've, I've counseled and been advocate for so many people, not so many, probably a half a dozen people in your position, and have assisted most recently a 32 year old woman with two kids under the age of three, Aww. trying to, trying to make these videos so that when she goes that the kids will still remember her.
1: Yeah, have something, right.
0: And so with with her, Ashley is her name. With Ashley, we um, set her up with a a tripod and a camera and uh, some good lights and, and just had her say whatever she wanted to say. Uh, okay. And then we put them up on in a private YouTube channel, so that this way they're always going to be in the cloud, and YouTube is a force. It's not like they're going to be going out of business tomorrow. Unfortunately, um, but this, yes. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. There is big tech. Um, but but this way the girls will always have access to the videos. And okay. And it's incredibly easy to make these videos and it's not difficult to edit these videos. Okay. Um, and with, uh, with Ashley, we, I wrote some questions out with her and kind of walked her through some of the process. Uh, she also did some handwritten letters for the girls that are sealed. That's a great idea. That, that on your, yeah, I think she did on for, you know, for a girl when she starts entering her teenage years. Um, mm-hmm. I think she did one when she she was, six, you know, for the same thing for your your son, uh 16, 18, 21 and she did one for when they get married. Right.
1: Right. That's kind of the concept Just I have, yeah.
0: For yeah, for the the life events. Um right. You know, you probably can take decent video with your phone. That's what she, okay. you know, she, she used a camera, but she also used her iPhone. Uh, if, you have a, if you have a recent phone, it's probably more than sufficient. But the thing is, is that what I'd like you to get, and I can post a link to it. So it's basically, it's a it's a tripod with a light built in, but you're going to oh, okay. put the phone into, on the tripod, and then there's a, a ring light. So this way you look really great and and you're not gonna be dark in the video. So let us put. Let me put together some, some ideas for you. Uh, and again, I just wanna let you know that we are here to help. And let's give Charles a free community membership. So in case he has any other questions down the line that he can always contact us directly there. So my friend Ashley wrote some letters for her two young girls to read during different milestones of their lives. But if you're struggling to put pencil to paper, Try to tell a story. After all, that's how we've all connected as humans for thousands of years. It was all done in the beginning with oral histories. Imagine just a bunch of cavemen and women sitting around the campfire sharing fun stories. Well, we've progressed long past that, but you can continue that idea in spirit. Sit down and ask yourself some questions about your life. For example, what's your favorite memory? Write about the sights, the smells, where you were, what exactly happened? I mean, for example, I'll never forget the first time that I held Ian in my arms right after he was born, and that feeling of just unconditional love. Since stories are the way that humans connect with one another, sharing snippets of your life is a great way to give future generations an idea of who you really are, who you were. Here's another question to ask yourself, what's the funniest thing that ever happened to you? Maybe you fell. Maybe you slipped on a banana peel. Maybe you got lost in a foreign country and you had to find a creative way to get back to your hotel. Well, if there's a story that brings tears or laughter to your eyes, share it. I mean, I remember when I was in my mid-20s working for Unisys, and I worked for someone who, well, I don't know how to say this gracefully, Um, I don't think he was very bright, So it came time for my annual performance appraisal. And on my performance appraisal, he wrote that I consistently said his name in a highly offensive manner. Well, looking back, I probably did because here's what would happen. We were working on some type of deal for some major computer system. And then I would say to him something like, well, what do you suggest we do? Dick? Yeah, his name was Dick. Uh, You should also stroll back down memory lane and share the story behind your greatest accomplishments. What are you most proud of? What about any surprising or exciting events in your life? When you really think about it, is there anything in particular that shaped you into the person you are today? What was that Eureka moment, the critical time you felt yourself change, maybe it happened a few times, maybe you had this epiphany and you want to share your wisdom with your kids. What about your greatest failure? You can always learn from that. Basically, I want you to grab a notebook and jot down the answers to these questions. And once you scribble down all your ideas, the stories will start flowing from your fingers like water down a river. I guarantee it. Journaling is an excellent way to get your thoughts in order. Not only is it super calming, but it gives you this opportunity to reflect on your life. Because let's face it. When you're diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, you feel like you've been thrown into chaos. Well, you have. And then you have to force yourself to sit down and write your thoughts on a piece of paper. Well, you're consciously making yourself slow down. You're taking that time to focus on yourself and pull those tiny nuggets of wisdom from the crevices of your mind. And now that you've got your thoughts in order, you'll find yourself much more comfortable in front of the camera more natural. It's like you're going to be talking to a friend because you have a solid idea of what you should talk about. Instead of just floundering around and uh, looking at the camera and go, Ooh, now what do I say? Maybe you have a fun story to share. Of course, it's not going to feel like those comforting campfire stories our ancestors shared over meals or have smoked meat, but it's the next best thing. And speaking of stories, I want to share a great trick from the Commando community forums. One of our friends named David Hill had a great solution. He said that Charles should record himself reading his children's favorite stories. After all, what kid doesn't love a bedtime story? David also recommended that Charles might want to record himself singing. Well, if you're in the same shoes, you can try that too. It doesn't matter if you're a great singer or not. It's really the thought that matters. So now that you have some ideas about what you should record, let's talk about the tech side of things. Like I mentioned to Charles in the call, modern smartphones have great cameras that can record you in high depth, and for just $25, you can buy a camera kit with a ring light, a tripod stand, and a phone holder to keep the video steady. After all, when you're filming yourself for something so precious, you don't want the camera to suddenly fall down, and you certainly don't want your face bathed in some shadows. You want a great bright light to show your loved ones what you really looked like. So just head to Amazon and you'll find a ton of affordable kits. And if you're looking for the camera kit that I recommended to Charles, head over to commando.com community. And in the Q&A forums, look under show questions coming up, I have some more solutions that you might want to consider as you are working through this painful situation. We're also going to chat with a professional who helps families immortalize their loved ones. Carrie Glass is a creative art therapist who's passionate about using film to help families remember those who have passed. She has some wonderful insider secrets and tech tips that you really need to know about. So stick around. We have that and a lot more coming up. Hey, welcome back. Here on Kim Commando Explains, we're talking about crafting a digital legacy. We've met Charles, a father who searched for tech help through a difficult situation. And after the first call, he called again with some follow-up questions. Here, take a listen. Charles in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Charles. Hi, Kim. Uh, pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you. Now, Charles, uh, we spoke, what, a week or two ago? Yes, correct. Got yes. it. Yes.
1: Uh just the back, do you want me to say the background? Yeah, just... just
0: in case we have some new listeners. I know who you are, but there may be some people who are just tuning in.
1: I got you. Okay. Um well, I'm I'm 46 years old. Um I was recently given a pretty rough prognosis of, uh, cancer. They told me I have maybe two or three years. Uh, so, I mean, that's that. like I said, it is what it is. And I'm taking it with a sense of humor. I have a positive attitude. I got a lot of, uh, family support. So I, I, I appreciate all that. Uh, and I had asked you, I want to start making videos for my four-year-old son. He's soon to be five. Uh, I wanted to start making videos for my son. And you had advised that I get a uh I guess it's it's not a selfie stick, but it's a stand and it has a light. Yeah. And, uh, it just makes
0: it easy. This so way you don't have to yeah. you don't have to manage a whole bunch of things like trying to hold something while you're trying to have a conversation with your, your son.
1: Yes, yes. And uh so I, I got one of those. Uh, I actually got a mic too. Good. And it sounds sounds good. It sounds a little bit better with my mic. I mean, my phone does a pretty good job, but it sounds a little bit better with my mic. Um, and I made my first video. It's pretty awesome. I'm well. It's it is what it is. I mean, I just think it it's it's pretty cool. Um, but now I'm kind of stuck on content. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I'm so overwhelmed. I mean, sure. there's so much I want to tell them and there's so much, uh, like, I, I don't know, do I do a change tire video, change the oil video? Um, you know, there's a lot that I want to tell them. I'm just, I'm just stuck because I'm like, we how do I format this?
0: Well, you know, thank you for, um, thank you for calling back and thank you for trusting me, uh, to help you through this whole journey, this whole process. Thank you. Uh, because I am here for you, I, I want you to know that I am. I mean, uh, I'm not going to walk away at any point in, until you tell me that I okay. I'm on my own. Let's think about things that you would want to know. Okay, I would forget about changing the tire and changing the oil. Okay. By the time that this little guy gets to be fifteen, sixteen, we're all going to be driving EVs, right? Uh, okay. So. You know, those life skills are kind of long gone. It's, it's It gets back to uh, Ian on his prom. My son, Ian, he had to he had to wear a tie, right? He didn't know how to tie a tie. So I said to Barry, go teach him how to tie a tie. And Barry comes right. back and says, it's all done. He, he tied his own tie. I'm like, what do you mean he tied his own tie? I mean, last time I saw it, it looked like garbage. He's like, no, he did. I went over and sure enough, he's got like Windsor knot going on. And I looked at him. I said, how would you learn how to tie the tie? He says, well, I watched some YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, okay. So I see. think of things that you can talk to him about that won't be on YouTube. And that goes back to very personal things between you and your son. Um, maybe how did you come up with the name for him? What did you feel the first time you held him? Right? Ah, uh, okay. yes. What's your favorite band? What's your favorite song? What's the most favorite thing that you've done in your entire life? What did you do as a teenager that got you in totally so much trouble? <laughs> okay. A lot. A lot. Okay, I often say that thank goodness that we didn't have social media when I was a teenager or in college. Because that would have been a yes. really bad thing. Or uh, how about GPS trackers? Oh, yeah, Mom, I'm at the library. Don't worry. Oh, they're just having a concert here at the library, I think. Something like that. <laughs> um, I would also talk to him about when you meet the girl of your dreams, I don't want you to fall for the first one. I want you to go for at least, go go through like at least three to five. Sure. Because the girl that you're yeah. going to meet in the beginning is not the one. And by the way, here are three signs: if she if she's codependent on you, you don't want her. If she don't work, you don't want her. If she's showing Absolutely. up with she's showing up with six babies and three baby daddies, you don't want her. <laughs> okay, right. Um, what's the greatest lesson that you can pass along to him? Let's not forget about spirituality. Sure. And God, mm-hmm. and the role—the role of prayer in His life, and how He's going to need to have faith that you and Him are going to be together again. Yes, and you—you you are always going to be there for Him and to guide Him, and He should listen to his gut because that's where you'll be. Um, some funny pictures. That, yeah. Okay. some stories behind some funny pictures, some traditions that you have in your family. Is there anything that you wanted to ask your mom and dad that you didn't, or your grandparents, that you just didn't have the chance to? I mean, I would love to have sat down with my grandmother when she came over from Russia and say, how the heck did you come over not knowing a lick of English and you built a window washing business in Manhattan? What? Okay. Right. So... Come up with themes with life milestones. I'll send you a list. And then here's what I want to do. I, I know you're a member of the community, and I want everybody in the community, we are going to help you, Charles. I'm going to put this up, and then I want everybody in the community to post some questions, and let's pull this together. Let's, let's band together and help Charles. Let's help him as much as we can because that's our job here. So we'll set up a special section for Charles within the community. Uh there are other resources that maybe we should be telling you about Caring Bridge, whatever it may be Charles. We're all going to band together. We're going to be there for you, okay? And I'll send you a list to your personal email.
2: And thanks for your call.
0: YouTube is a great free option for uploading your videos, but if you want to turn to someone else, I found about Four Keeps. This app helps anyone create, store, and share messages from a deceased person's life. It has two features, really digital photo albums and afterlife messages. This lets you create a message that gets delivered after your death. You can choose to send a written, audio, or video message, then the company sends it on your behalf on the date that you choose. It's pretty amazing. So by now, you know some tricks. You know to grab a journal and write down your stories. As I mentioned to Charles, write down some of your favorite bands. You also might want to share the best books and movies. Basically, share some fun stories about your life. But don't forget to have some fun. I know it's hard to think about having fun when you're recording some videos that people are going to see after you pass on. But there are also some other resources I want to tell you about. There are some tech startups that make the transition a little easier for everyone. For example, there's an app called Voice of the Ages. You can find it on iOS, Android, and even the Kindle. It's perfect for anyone who can't physically write down their stories or anyone who doesn't want to buy a journal. Basically, you record your stories and your personal histories. You can also use the built-in voice recorder on your phone, too. Remember when I mentioned about recording yourself reading bedtime stories? Maybe your child's too old for that, but still do it. It could be a gift for your future grandchildren. Also, ask yourself, does your family have any special recipes? Instead of just writing it down, record yourself making it, like a cooking show. We did that with my mom when she was making turkey and the stuffing and... She was sick, and we didn't know if that was going to be our last Thanksgiving with her. So we still have the video, even though this past Thanksgiving, she did it all again. Let's move on and talk to Carrie Glass. She knows all about the little things. She created Memories Live. It's a company that uses film to share your stories before you go. The idea sprouted when a young woman in her community passed away from cancer. She left behind a husband and two children. Well, Carrie wanted to step up and help. And ever since, she's been assisting families navigate one of life's biggest hurdles.
2: Our guest is Carrie Glass. She's the creator of Memories Live Concept. And she graduated from Rutgers University with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and Fine Arts, focusing on photography and videography. And she then received her master's degree in art therapy from Pratt Institute. But mostly we're talking to uh, Carrie today about Memories Live and Carrie, this is a great concept. How did it come about?
3: Back in 2010, I learned of a woman in a neighboring town who had passed away from lung cancer. She was 39. She had two kids under five, as did I at that point. And it really struck me as a mom that these kids would never know the sound of their mom's voice, never know where they got their mannerisms from, never know would know advice from her directly. And... Uh, it it just came to my mind, what if I could sit with someone who has a life-limiting illness and help them to create a gift, to create a legacy, to leave a part of themselves behind in the form of movie making?
2: So how did the idea progress? Did you just try it one time, or did somebody you know then get a diagnosis, or you just put it out there at your church, or how did it go?
3: I had a friend who's mother in law was diagnosed with liver cancer, and she volunteered to be my uh, my first client and she was reluctant to to do this uh, but she was convinced by uh, her daughter in law to a help me out and to be to uh create this for her son her daughter, and her grandchildren. So um, luckily, I filmed her, and she was a spitfire and amazing, and as reluctant as she was, you would not even know it during the filming. She really uh, enjoyed every bit of it and loved reminiscing and talking about her past and sharing her life experiences, and uh, it was really wonderful. So once I had that first movie, I went and had this first presentation to this hospital cancer center within the hospital nearby and they loved it and they gave me one or two places and I called those places and they gave me more places to reach out to and and it just took off from there and thankfully uh, because of grants and uh, a fundraiser and generous donors I'm almost 11 years later able to do this for
2: no cost. That is really, really something, and you're helping so many people. And I think that technology uh, coming along. You said that the first was really reluctant to do it, and then was really, really comfortable. I think people are more uh, inclined to do this kind of thing now because it's kind of now been around for. Uh, several years and people, you know, with social media and, you know, kind of more opening up their life. I think uh, people are more uh, likely to do this now. Let's get to somebody that maybe has this diagnosis. Do you find that um, there are different kind of reactions to it? Or um, you do a lot of people, I don't know, are they in denial? I think I would be.
3: That I film, honestly, Mike, are the people that are not in denial. Those are the people who've come to terms with their diagnosis, have come to terms with their mortality, and feel a deep need to leave a piece of themselves behind to create this gift for their families. Uh, these are the people that are in that mindset of not only am I going to do my best and try to uh, beat this, uh, but they're also in the reality of. Uh, in the, in the event that I don't beat this, I need to, to create something for my family and, and I want to be able to do this. And that 100% of my clients have uh, those, that mentality.
2: Can you talk in general about what you want them to leave behind? So what, maybe what are the questions or what, uh, what kind of stories or what do you encourage them to talk about?
3: Mostly people want to share their life experiences, their story, their personal history, their family history, and what made them them, what made them who they are today, what molded them into the person that they are. They also want to give advice to their children and or grandchildren about as they walk through life and different experiences. They also want to share their hopes and dreams for their children and grandchildren, and they also want to share little fun bits and pieces of them, like favorite food, favorite movie, favorite vacation, favorite television show, a favorite season, favorite color. So all these things, story, all these stories and topics and conversations help to create and build on and share who you are and it helps them to leave their legacy in that way
2: how long are these videos on average
3: 45 minutes
2: okay that's a lot of information packed into 45 minutes
3: it flies by (laughs) um yeah and what i do is every question i ask or topic that we go through i create um a text so grant Topic number one or question number one is tell me about your grandparents. Maybe question number ten is tell me your your pot roast recipe. Whatever it is, it's broken up into these segments, so it becomes easy for them to navigate. And it's not just forty five minutes of mom or dad talking unedited. It, so it becomes a, a an easier way to watch it. Like let's say a kid, uh, you know, really wants to hear that story of 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 you know his his dad's first date whatever you know whatever story that that was that was funny and that made him laugh he can pop in the usb drive or open up his computer and scroll to scroll to that chapter and there it is so it becomes an an easy way to watch it
2: all right carrie it's been an absolute honor to have you here and uh can you tell us how people would get a hold of you if they're interested in uh memories live
3: Absolutely. So my website is memorieslive.org.
2: Awesome. Thanks uh, for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Carrie, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And before I let all of you go, I want to leave you with just some last pieces of advice. If you or anyone you know has been diagnosed with prostate cancer, there are just a ton of resources at your disposal. You are not alone. Head over to the Prostate Cancer Foundation for a ton of free books and guides that can help you through this very difficult time. Just type pfc.org into your web browser. That's pfc.org. The site is just full of information you need, recommendations for living with prostate cancer. They're going to help you even maintain your health during some rigorous therapies that you're probably going to go through. Many prostate cancer patients go through long-term ADT. That stands for adrogen deprivation therapy. You're going to learn how to stay healthy and strong no matter what treatments you go through. And it's not just prostate cancer. When my mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I went over to the Pancreatic Cancer Foundation where I found all these pan-can diet recipes, talking about food that wouldn't put stress on the already strained pancreas that was full of cancer. I think videos are a fabulous idea, but I would also recommend writing letters for special days in your family's life. Charles could write a letter for his son to open the day he leaves for his first day of work, a letter on the day of his wedding, or when he goes off to college. It could be something special that your loved ones get to experience later in life. It's kind of like you're there with them in a way. It also helps if you have a hard time expressing emotional ideas in a video, or if you're afraid you might cry on screen. You've heard me speak of my friend Ashley who had bile duct cancer. I want you to listen to this video that her husband posted on his Instagram account. It's dark. He's in the girls' room. And he's trying to soothe them so to get them to sleep. Mama will always be in your heart.
1: Mama will always be in your heart. Together, Mama loves Bernie so much. Together, Mama is gonna come out
0: in your heart. Together, I'm Kim Commando. Reminding you to take care of yourself and treasure every moment.